2: Hi, I'm Matt Lieb, and I'm Vince Mancini, and this is Pod Pod Yourself yourself a Gun, gun, a Sopranos podcast where Vince Mancini and I go through every single episode of The Sopranos and And talk talk about 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 it. it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you used to only double up on the first part, and now you do the second part, and it's infuriating. I gotta surprise Um,
3: you. I know you hate it, and I don't know why, because everyone else loves it.
2: It's it's because uh, see for everyone else what they hear is a perfectly synced version of us talking, but for me I hear there's a delay because it's on a Zoom and it drives me fucking insane. It's like have you ever used one of those apps where it doubles your voice and you can't talk because you're hearing your own voice mm-hmm. on delay? Uh huh. Uh huh. It, it's like that except it's hearing your goddamn voice.
3: Oh, sounds and- wonderful.
2: No, not to me. Um. Anyways, this is the world's only Sopranos podcast. All other Sopranos podcasts are lies. Uh. So we thank you so much for listening to it. Um. I just, you know, off the bat, want to say, uh, hey, give us five stars and a review on iTunes. You know, it's something that we need. It's something that helps us out, and it, it'll help you out because the more reviews, the more views we have, and the more reviews that we have, <laughs> then the better the podcast will get because then I'll feel encouraged to continue working on it.
4: (laughs) Sounds like a threat.
2: It is a threat, guest. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You have not been introduced yet. Uh, Anyway, so please go to the iTunes store and uh, give us five stars and a review. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, today's guest is a very important person. You know her from the Bituation Room uh, on YouTube. You know her from... A news broke on AJ Plus from TYT. You know her from fucking uh National Geographic, MSNBC. Keep going, and uh, <laughs> and, and also you know her as the woman that I love and who loves me back, ladies and gentlemen. Francesca Fiorentini's in the studio today.
4: Oh, oh, hey, um, yay, yeah, am I the most Italian guest you guys have had on this entire. The entire time you've been on, actually, you might be. Uh, I mean, yeah. I'm not actually full Italian.
2: Yeah, but, but you're my
4: like, name sounds is full. You're Yeah, yeah. You got me um, beat
3: because your dad's off the boat and mine's just from California. So uh, <laughs> that's true. you half yeah. Italian
2: beats mine via passport. Oh, her dad is hell of Italian. Although That's I have fucking... to say, I
3: think my I think my Italian is closer to the spirit of the Sopranos in that you know, yeah, you
2: you have the last name of the bastard son of Sonny Corleone, so yeah, exactly Sicilia. Yeah, um, yeah, no, uh, we thank you so much. You're actually, I think, our first ever return guest on this podcast.
4: Oh, I feel honored.
2: Yeah, and th- the reason that um, you are is because today. We're talking about season three, episode four of The Sopranos, "Employee of the Month," which uh, is the is a very special episode of The Sopranos in which Doctor Melfi is sexually assaulted. Mm-hmm. And so the so the thing is the just say raped. I feel like it cheapens it if you say sexually assaulted does yeah. it? yeah, but it makes me feel better. So,
4: the reason Wait, keep going, okay. I, I'm looking forward to like how you, you're gonna okay. spin this.
2: No, it's not spin, it is totally, it's just how it is in life. If you say sometimes. sexually assaulted, it could just mean like she got like groped or something,
3: but this is, yeah. Uh,
2: so, it's the one where she was violently. Well, now I've added violently, and I want to say sexually assaulted again because I've Stop feel, being
4: uncomfortable.
2: I'm uncomfortable <laughs> with, with the R word, and so. I knew this was, I knew this was. I was, was- going to
4: say we need to normalize rape. We don't. No, no. But- we should not normal-
2: <laughs> No, no. I know what you mean. You mean uh, talking about it in a way that is sensitive.
4: Yeah. Um, so, yeah,
2: you know, this is a comedy podcast, first and foremost. Uh, we talk about all the, you know, this shows about titties and meat. And uh, and so, but sometimes it's about very serious subjects. And for this one, I was like, well, we definitely need someone who uh, is going to be you know, like sensitive to the material um, and also someone who will not judge me uh, for talking about it uh, out loud. Ba- yeah. Basically, I feel safe with you.
4: No, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's Im- it's important when coddling someone's uncomf- discomfort with rape. Yes. Yes. Uh, to make
2: the man feel better. to make
4: better. the man feel better. Yes. usually the aggressor. Yeah, no, that's that's what it's about.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, if we if you get nothing else out of this podcast, it's uh, just get this: men should feel better <laughs> about rape <laughs> and not about because about talking about it in you a way. The, uh, Can you imagine you po-
4: if Tony had actually responded like this? <laughs> <laughs>
3: I was just thinking, Matt pulled like an Elliot Spitzer, where you know you bring your significant other uh, on on the stage with you to uh, make you feel better about
2: whatever you're gonna say.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's, that's am I? You mean wait? You mean Huma Abedin? Well, you mean also, I mean Anthony Weiner. Am I the Huma to this situation? You're the Huma
2: to my Weiner, <laughs> and <laughs> and I just I'm so glad to to have you here. Uh, to make me feel better uh, about talking about this uh, very special episode of The Sopranos. Um, but hey, it would not be an episode of Buy Yourself a Gun without the theme song.
3: Sorry, I forgot that part. <laughs> You'd <laughs> think I'd wrong. remember to have the theme song queued up. All right. Someday. Ta-da.
2: Pod Yourself mama always said you'd be there Pod Pod Podcast Pod Yourself Pod Pod Podcast. Yep. There it is. It's <laughs> oh, man going to get old. Never, never, never. Funny forever. Is it
4: the same pod that you repeated or did you actually say different <laughs> pods?
2: Um, I you know, it's been so long, I don't really remember, but I'm pretty sure I did one pod. I got like the perfect pod. You got the perfect pod. I got the perfect pod. And then I just cut and pasted that. And,
4: uh, wow, that must have taken you forever.
2: It took a long time, and uh, mm-hmm. it was—I uh, think everyone appreciates the uh, the skill involved in my editing. But, uh, anyways, hope you all <laughs> out there enjoyed uh, the theme song. For any first-time listeners, weird first episode to start on, bro. Um, <laughs> because this week we are talking about uh, season three, episode four of The Sopranos, Employee of the Month. Uh, which premiered March 18th, 2001. Vince, what's the synopsis? No, March, did you
3: say March 18th?
2: What did I say?
3: I think not that. Anyway. 15th.
4: Uh,
3: <clears throat> Dr. Melfi's attempts to steer Tony into behavior modification therapy take a detour when a personal crisis gets in the way. Meanwhile, Ralph Cifaretto, Joe Pantoliano, finds a way to endear himself to Jackie Junior, Jr., but not to Tony.
2: Can I just point out real quick um that for the past I would say 3 4 episodes uh in a row where we've been reading off uh HBO Max's synopses of each episode they've been cheeky as fuck. Mm-hmm. No notice that on this one they decided to play it safe. Yeah, no whimsy this time. What no do you whimsy. Know? Yeah, yeah. No, you know, no no little puns or jokes or anything, no play on words. They were just like let's just keep this serious. So, that's just important to note um yeah so like you said march 18th 2001 is when this premiered uh vince what was going on in america when this episode came out oh are you saying you want to do go to the remember when machine I mean, let's take a little trip to the remember when machine yeah we need cultural
3: and historical context that's what we're all yes. about Yeah. what what
0: Remember when? Remember when is the lowest form of
5: conversation?
3: All right, so we're taking the way the sorry the remember when machine all the way back to March 18th, 2001. Uh, some of the top stories: uh, Carlson is coming to New York. Conservative wag tap for column. This is about uh, Tucker oh my Carlson. God. Whoa. Uh, It has been, uh, New York Magazine has finally found a permanent replacement for national affairs columnist Laura O'Donnell. The replacement is 31-year-old Beltway insider Tucker Carlson. Tucker (laughs) Carlson. Unique New York. I don't know why that's so hard to say. (laughs)
2: Tuckel Buckle <laughs> has moved to Unique New York to Woodchuck Chuck. A woodchuck could chuck wood. Ellery Sprayberry is an aerialist. Um, <laughs> Ellery Sprayberry is an aerialist. Uh, what?
4: Never heard of that one.
2: That's just one Vince taught me. Yeah. Weird. Um, the yeah. Uh, the right
3: leaning pundit who co-hosts the Spin Room for CNN. Leaning. Yeah. O'Donnell officially quit his New York gig in December to devote more time to his own talking head career. But he had actually found the every other week columns a grind, and had basically quit writing them by September. Uh, boy, this really harkens back to a time when uh, magazines still had money to throw at uh, dipshits. Yeah, isn't too. that weird? Yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah, and that, it, it really you... says a lot about our media that uh, you know Tucker Carlson and Lawrence O'Donnell were our leading uh, cult- cultural commentators in yeah, one. Talk about it's so uh,
4: different. Twenty years later. Yeah, yeah. twenty years Who? later.
2: Yeah, never heard of either of them.
3: Yeah, God. and uh, with our very American system of trying to decide which color bat I want to get hit in the nuts with. Um.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really is. Uh, it's nice to know that uh, there was a time when, you know, uh, Lawrence, O'Don- MSNBC and Fox News could share byline space. You know, they were like, hey, we, we love all of you uh, of your hack voices get all the hack voices together in one room
4: they and still text each other these guys are homies they're all they're homies. all from cut from the same cloth
2: yes yes,
3: yes. of a the bow tie same, uh the same monogrammed
2: cape from little lord fauntleroy's school for wizards um, <laughs> the saddest thing about this headline is that like hey it's uh, carlson's coming to new york and then you know he just didn't, like, die on 9-11. <laughs> oh.
3: Like, yeah, he was so close. Speaking of deaths, uh March 18th, 2001, uh, that was also... John Phillips from The Mamas and the Papas died on that
2: day. Damn. Yeah. Holy shit, he dude. Survived. RIP to a real one.
3: Survived, he survived by his daughter that he was having a consensual
2: <laughs> sexual relationship oh. with. Oh, no. Oh, God. God, I knew that was coming. Yeah, oh. I mean... Kind of hard to. Yeah, no, yeah, he has survived by uh, all of the inbreeding that has L- look occurred can, under his watch.
3: <laughs> you can do a lot of things in your life, uh, and if you've had a consensual sexual relationship with your daughter, that's
2: going to be the one that people bring up. And you know what? Yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah, and uh, in the biz, we call that California dreaming. Uh,
4: <laughs> <laughs> wow! Damn. Wow. We're supposed yeah. to talk about sexual assault? I mean, yeah, rape yeah. On well, this? Well, this was... Consensual un- with a daughter? It was yeah. unfortunate. She was 19
2: at the time, so... You
4: yeah. know. Ah, was, not uh, consensual. still. That's there's that. never... No.
2: What's the age of consent on incest? <laughs> that's yeah. a question that is asked by many a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> Alan, oh, it's, it's asked by one lawyer, Alan Dershowitz. <laughs> just Alan uh, Dershowitz. Just Dershowitz. <laughs> yeah. Dershowitz Dersh is the only one who wants to know, what's the age of consent on fucking my daughter? <laughs> <laughs> is that my daughter in there is that my daughter uh, oh that's a mystic river reference for no one yeah um another
3: there was also a gene hackman profile <laughs> in the new york post and uh I I, huh. I I picked this one just because of the lead on it and i, I don't think you'd be able to write this lead uh in 2020 uh, this is the yeah. lead gene hackman looks shockingly old sallow skin, liver spots, a scarlet nose, a greasy comb over and decaying yellow teeth, exclamation point. Jesus, Uh,
2: that's the lead?
3: Yeah, that's the lead. If it's astonishing that one of the most revered actors in Hollywood would allow himself to appear like this on screen, it's even more surprising to see him playing a screwball to the hilt in a
2: broad comedy. (laughs) It was like literally them being like, I want to bury the lead. You look dead. Yeah, I think they
3: still had... uh, I think they probably still had old like Lou Luminick or one of those old guys that was reviewing movies uh, for them mm-hmm. back then, where he just you know talks about old Hollywood and 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 whether people so caddy. Yeah,
2: it, that is ridiculously catty. That is just like so. It's really brave of you to come <laughs> out side looking so disgusting. Yeah. Like, you
4: know, and really, it's clearly for a role.
2: Yeah, like, I mean that's the thing. He, well, he's he's seventy one. You know. And if he's gonna play an old man, let him play an old man. Why exactly. you gotta? Why you gotta comment on? You know, this is a problem with America. You know, it only gets better after Unfa- two thousand one. Unfair though. expectations on you know very old men. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. The top
3: movies uh, in America. The number one movie was Exit Wounds, starring Ooh. Steven Seagal and DMX.
2: Um, Classic. Wow. Yeah. This
3: is before Steven Seagal moved to Russia to, uh, you know. Be around Putin, who pays attention to him, and he loves that.
2: <laughs> X, um,
3: gold learn Aikido. X, gold learn Aikido. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a feature mashup for you. Yep, uh, yep. Number two movie was Enemy at the Gates. That was uh, mm. Joe Fines and Jude Law doing uh, Stalingrad.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Never, never saw it. Idea. Ne- but, never saw uh, that one.
4: Yeah.
3: And, uh, the, and the third one is The Mexican, Holdover. Starring James yeah, Gandolfini yeah, yeah. and uh, still Brad one of Pitt the top
4: movies. That movie definitely saw that movie. That movie, movie did
2: way better than I
4: thought.
3: Yeah. Uh and you'll love this one. The top song in America, Butterfly by Crazy Town.
2: Oh yo, my butterfly, sugar, baby. Hell yeah, dude. That's that's uh that's the it's the nineties.
4: I didn't know who sang that, but I never knew who sang any of the songs from the nineties. Yeah. Pretty yeah. much no one. If it wasn't Nirvana or Alanis, I was yeah. like, who? Well, yeah, I look, mean, but
3: look, some people say that Shifty Shellshock is no Kurt Cobain, but uh, Some people know. say that. Some he,
2: people say he's better. He did write Butterfly by Crazy Town, so Yeah. He was that. Crazy Town, bro.
3: He did. Yeah. It was uh, I am Crazy in
2: a way. Town. He, he, <laughs> I am Crazy Town. He said in a room smeared with his own feces.
4: <laughs> That's what he's doing right now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, he's not lying. He really is Crazy Town. Welcome uh, to Crazy Town! um and that yeah, no, is I, the uh remember when machine what a, what a machine uh anyways uh so that was what was going on in america when uh this episode premiered um and yeah let's get into it uh you know uh employee of the month this episode let me uh, ask let's,
3: let me ask you something matt please um i noticed that the hbo max synopsis writer ditched the whimsy for this write-up right did you perchance uh ditch the rhyming format for bada b stories
2: uh um you know here's the thing about me vince (laughs) i'm a professional you know Uh, i'm like i'm like the u.s post office rain or shine I'm going to get mine. I think that's their motto. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, no, I absolutely did not because I believe in what I do. So here are you. the Bada B stories. Ralphie bonds with Jackie. Janice being wacky. Mm. Tony cuts Chris no slacky. The sacks move right out backy. And Melfi is a tacky.
4: <laughs> so <laughs> it was hard. <laughs> uh, way better of a synopsis i like this better
2: yeah i think this is what uh, you know hbl max if you're out there if you got execs listening call me up dude Mm because i'll i'd be happy to you know write all your synopses in rhyming format yeah and in ways that really don't explain anything about what's going on not at all but the the rhyme makes it fun you know what i mean yeah so matt let's go
3: through the episode we got sure uh, you know we we opened with what ralph ralphie cifaretto Mm -hmm. played by joey pants who i think is you know probably like the greatest late seasons sopranos character probably yes Um, yeah definitely and so he has what is this like the second or third sit down with jack Aprile jr Mm -hmm, to tell mm -hmm. him to uh you know cut it out with the mafia to get his life
2: together Yeah. yeah um so yeah this this episode um first of all I mean, Elephant in the Room, this is the the rape episode of The Sopranos. Um, oh, had we and... covered that yet? No, we had. But what I'm saying is that, like, we are going to get there. Absolutely going to talk about it. But I think we should start with other storylines. Like you said, you know, let's talk about um, Ralphie Siporetto. Because, hey, that one's a fun one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, it does open with Ralphie and Jackie. Who
4: really needs dry shampoo? Ralphie needs dry shampoo. Does he? he just he's, he ha, he
2: Is it a grease? Is it a, there's
4: too much there's too little grease? hair and too much grease and he Ugh. looks like adult Chucky. He always has. I'm <laughs> sure you've talked about that. He's he I mean in terms of villains, well, I I put him in the villain category oh, he's for Sopranos. Yeah. And, and he's one of the worst and the hardest to get rid of. I mean, yeah, to be fair,
3: his hair does not always look like that. I think that was a specific this a center part uh, receding hairline thing was a specific choice for the sopranos. well
2: if you guys remember and I, again i don't want to spoil it for too many people who have never seen the sobranos but uh this hair might not be his hair
4: <gasps> that's right and, well you know no spoilers imagine getting that piece like your piece it is looks a weird even piece. worse okay yeah. keep going
3: yeah so i have a question about that for uh, you know our female guest um i feel, i have yeah. this theory that i feel like um toupees would be more socially acceptable if dudes just sort of treated it like hair extensions kind of thing like i feel like if uh mm. if a guy was like yeah sometimes i wear the hairpiece sometimes i go bald uh you know it's it's depends how i feel that day but i feel like everybody every bald guy they sort of treat it like they're actually trying to convince people that yeah. they have hair and so it becomes like a That's thing totally that people true. talk about behind their back, but honestly, yeah, oh, I think so.
4: I think it's also because like probably bald gay men do drag and are fly and okay. just cu- and are like,
2: oh, I see. So I feel like
4: gay y- men need to be the leader on this. Yeah. Like they need right. to definitely lead the way on normalizing and making hair pieces accessories. But th- like, they're yeah. like, but I'm hot and gay and right. I'm just going to be- do drag. Yeah, sh- and this is a more fabulous wig. So it's, it's hard.
2: Yeah. Straight dudes uh, may, you know, shy away from like accessorizing their hair pieces uh, because they might be confused for a gay man.
4: No, that's not what I'm saying. Oh,
2: that's what I heard. No. <laughs> but <laughs> I do think that it would be uh, a real jump forward in bald civil rights for us to start accepting that the you know the toupee is is just a a cranial accessory yeah it is yeah and i think people would be happier with it too the problem is is like the difference between an extension and uh like a hair piece is that i think an extension is on the it's like sometimes it's a wig but sometimes it's actually like isn't it is that a weave
4: yeah yeah there's nothing to weave into unless you could connect it to like some ear hair something's
2: going on with trump's hair in
3: both cases you're wearing someone else's hair to make it look like you have more hair and, uh, That's true.
2: You know. But one is a lie and one isn't.
4: Yeah, is it? I
2: think they're both lies. T- t- no, toupees are more lies.
4: Trump is wearing like his own scalp, but the scalp from behind his head. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah, he's yeah. wearing wrong scalp.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, he yeah. actually he's, had like scalp reduction where his his exa- scalp is yeah. really tight back there,
2: supposedly. Exactly. <laughs> 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 All right. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, that's way too gross I of an do. episode. Uh, no, it is. That's, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We can't get gross on this episode. Get back episode. to the
4: rape episode. Yeah, this <laughs> sure. is get,
2: let's keep it non-gross. Talk about Melfi being... All right. Uh so, 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 like, Ralphie's doing this... Uh, he He's,
3: in a weird way, he's, like, Jackie's most understanding father figure. Yeah. Because yeah, I mean,
2: I, I think so. I mean, he's right now only, you know basically the only father figure that he has um you know, although tony tony was attempting to in in the previous episode but his attempt kind of fell on deaf ears because right. what he was every trying other, to do
3: every other father figure is like oh but why don't you become a doctor and jackie right like hey i'm a complete knucklehead from jersey like i'm not gonna yeah. be a doctor and i think yeah, Ralphie exactly. is the only one who's like meeting him where he is and uh, yeah. you know working with what he's got
2: and and Ralphie, to his credit, is trying to um do something positive for him in that like he he wants him to give his mother, Ro, like less hard of a time and and like is 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 doing the best. He truly is doing the best to like bond with him in some way. And in the scene where they're Wow, so much slack for Ralphie here. Well this is before guess, oh, for Ralphie... right now. He hasn't killed okay, okay. Ralphie hasn't Women made a heel yet. turn yet. Got it. At at this point Ralphie is uh, a semi understanding and empathetic figure uh because we haven't really seen much of him so far. Like this is the only fourth episode he's been in or the third episode he's been in. And uh and yeah so he's he's doing his best. But, you know, Jackie just is like, I- I'm going to go to the gym and get really buff, you know, and 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 Ralphie, you Let's know, go watch
3: Scarface again. I like it when yeah. he says he's going to get the women and then he's going to get the power.
2: I, my favorite part is when uh, he does cocaine. You guys see that part? That's a good part. That's a uh, lot of cocaine. <laughs> am I right? I wish I had that a much lot cocaine. Of, hey, on. Uh,
3: <laughs> Would that I could so, one day have that
2: much cocaine in front of me? <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> Would that I could one day. Um, so, yeah, uh, Ralphie uh, is doing his best for him. Uh, but, you know, his, his advice is kind of falling on deaf ears. He hears that Jackie wants to go to the gym and he has an idea he uh, is like hey uh, let me uh, drop you off but I gotta make a pit stop real quick and he ends up going to meet with um, I guess this this guy is like the brother-in-law of the person who usually runs whatever what, what was that a trash business I don't know yeah the... something like that he's, he's going to a guy who's like being squeezed by the mafia and he's like hey where's my cut and whatnot um, and he decides uh, to have a bonding moment with Jackie, his soon-to-be stepson. And I have a clip of that.
5: You want to question a New Jersey business practice that goes back 70 years? Hey, what is all this, Rafi?
0: I to stick a shish kebab up your ass.
4: Why do you provoke me,
5: huh? This young buck, he'll fuck your wife until she moans.
4: Fucking what? You began it, huh?
5: fuck you call me?
4: You bring my wife into
5: this? Huh? Put it down. Huh? Hey, mister, come on! Hey! Get the fucking back! Here I
0: go! You all right? He gets you? Fucking asshole! pull this prick! All get back back! That you know it. It. <laughs> get all back back! Get 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 back back! What are you know doing this to me? I,
3: I to what song did you put in there? What is that? Let's
5: go ahead.
2: Bro, that is that's Father and Son by Cat oh. Stevens. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> See, I
3: I was thinking you were gonna go Cats in the Cradle, but I like this. You, too. Okay, so I thought about that.
2: I thought about Cats in the Cradle with that. I was like, that's kind of perfect. But it's like, that song, the problem with it is it sucks so fucking much ass as a song. And what if you put the a- Ugly Kid Joe version in there? Oh, I don't know the Ugly Kid Joe version.
4: Mm, I disagree with you on that. But I- that was a good song.
2: Oh, dude. Cat Stevens, Father and Son. It's like one of the best songs about fathers and sons. That shit made me mm.
4: cry, dog. Ugh.
2: Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's, it's so, uh, you know, for those of you who didn't know what song that was, yeah. Uh, you gotta fucking buy tea for the tiller man, all right? Fucking, yeah, all right. That's like the best Cat
3: Stevens album. I just Anyways. appreciate that song as an Italian and Armenian. That I get offended on both fronts uh, with that scene about the shish getting the shish kebab up the ass. <laughs> And and getting called the wop in the same scene—it's magnificent. Yeah, that's
2: true. That is—it's a lot. There's a lot going on there. There's a little bit of internal conflict for Vince, you know. <laughs> yeah, who do, do know, I side the shish with? Kebab, I don't know. Yeah, the shish kebab side of you and the uh, you know the fucking you know wop side of you—they're at they're at odds with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I I thought it was like a, a really a really touching scene in a way because <laughs> yeah. he's he is clearly like picking a fight with this guy um and doing whatever he can to provoke him um and and then he's like he's giving Jackie like cues like okay now introduce him to his desk now punch him in the ball it's like he's <laughs> yeah. coaching him like this is the <laughs> mafia's version of having a catch yeah they're throwing the ball around in the backyard the apprentice yeah 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 you know it's like taking him fishing you know sleep with the fishing you know <laughs> But at the same- Nothing from Vince? No, no. All right. I I guess I'm just
4: like, (laughs) I think this whole, the whole premise of The Sopranos Mm. is putting- like the the mesh between the mafia and family, right. and the idea that yes. you, if you really love your family, if you truly love them, mm-hmm. your job as a mafioso is really to make enough money so they don't have to do what you're doing. Right. So Jackie is, I mean, so Ralphie's doing the complete opposite of that. That is but true. I think in I can't set aside the fact that I'm my hero is still Tony. Yeah, and he's still sort of the model father. Yeah, and it's like um however tough his love is like that's that's the goal here that's what keeps
2: me yeah he's doing his best for 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 his own kid uh you know aj and also for jackie jr he is trying to get him out uh keep him you know steering clear of the the life um but at the same time, you know, the heart wants what it wants, and sometimes, and what Jackie wants is to be a little badass. And I do find it kind of sweet that he's like, "All right, I'll take you on your first, uh, you know, extortion run." And <laughs> I mean, uh, I
3: think the message there is, uh, "Do what I say, not what I do," doesn't work yeah. very well usually.
4: Mm-hmm. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. It really mm-hmm. doesn't. Um, That's exactly. <laughs> and then there's that.
2: Yeah, and it is very cute. Also, later on, um, Tony has a scene with uh chris in which he lambasts chris for the fact that he took jackie to they rob a jewel concert in the previous episode and uh and so you know he basically says like uh hey don't do this i promise his father you know on his deathbed to that he that jackie would steer clear of this life and chris has this really cute moment where he's just like you know well, I'm in the life. What about me? Do you care about me? And it's yeah. just like it's, it, it's- no, and I'm the no. I'm not. I'm not dumb exactly. like everyone says. I'm smart. Nope.
4: And I want respect. The answer is no. I love that. I love when Chrissy's just like, oh, what? he's like they're having a conversation. It's right. very like an all lives matter type. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, like he's just like, what about me? You know, like what about the life of me? It's like shut up. Yeah, all right. It's not about you. All
2: right, you you can die in gunfire. <laughs> yeah but this kid is special yeah but but you see a little bit of tony's soft side for for chrissy there too because he does like he takes him in and he hugs him and he says i love you and then like like as chrissy's walking away he looks back on the stairs and they wave at each other it's like a very sweet you know (laughs) moment in an episode filled with torment and sadness
3: yeah also you're forgetting one of the best lines of this episode where he's like oh it's it's, it's good enough for me, but not good enough for Little Lord Fuck Pants. And then the, yeah. the two FBI yeah. agents are going, wait, is Little Lord Fuck Pants, is that, is that a code? Because, I mean, how could, you tell, <laughs> how could you tell when someone's being extemporaneous when there's like another guy whose name is Big Pussy all
2: the time? It's and, true. Uh, it's a good point. You really can't tell if Little Lord Fuck Pants is like, I think he's high up on the mafia list. You know? <laughs> yeah. We need a new index card. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, so there's there's this kind of like, I don't know. Uh, there's this episode is a lot about paternalism um, and the role of paternalism and kind of, uh, I would say, uh, Italian American culture and society. You know, you've got the paternalism between Jackie Jr. and Ralphie. You got Tony and Chris, and also Tony and Jackie, and you also have uh, Melfi's relationship to yeah. both Richard her ex-husband who is now they are back together again mm-hmm. and uh Melfi and Elliot uh yeah. who is her therapist and then of course Melfi and Tony. So I think uh, mm-hmm. I think
3: that scene plays into uh, our segment The Real Gangsta which uh, absolutely uh, I think The Real Gangsta is your
2: family legacy. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. So. Uh I I think The Real Gangsta is patriarchy. Mm -hmm. um also also
4: the justice system but mostly patriarchy patriarchy
2: uh and then oh you know um also uh fast food chicken places sure yeah so are we getting
3: are we getting there already are we going to that no we're you
2: know fuck it we're there let's 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 go
4: there big story
3: so she comes out of uh dr melfi comes out of a session in which she tries to lose tony as a patient um, yeah. So, general thoughts on this episode. Sorry, I'm skipping around. But uh, no, go ahead. That's this is why. First of all, there's there's a few reasons that I really don't like this ep- this episode, and it's by far my least favorite of the season. Really? So wow. Yet. Um, because um, it's all about Dr. Melfi and psychotherapy, which uh, I'm on the record as be- it's being my least favorite I know. part. Y- you're against the, the entire conceit of-, of the show. Go and on. And so, and then they so they write in. <laughs> They write into it this additional it. conceit that Dr. Melfi gets raped, and uh, yes. this is an this is entirely a way to use, uh, like, to describe Melfi's feelings for Tony, um, which don't really care, and then they, and then then she has to explain it with her dream sequence about the fucking Rottweiler, um, okay, and Tony's the Rottweiler because she yes. likes having a Rottweiler. Like, who cares? And then also. It's about uh, her ex-husband and his feelings about Italianness, which I care even less about <laughs> yeah. than Melfi's yeah. feelings for Tony. And basically, okay. just any time that uh, Melfi's family is on screen, I like it when they're used for comic relief because they're so insufferable. But I feel right. like in this episode we're supposed to like identify with them somehow well, and be I into mean, their whole storyline.
4: She's and one of the main God. characters though. Like I I I'm like I'm like taking issue with this cuz she's one of the main characters and yeah. now we really see her yeah. not just in relationship to Tony but in her own self, right, yeah, yeah. and the fact that she grapples with whether or not she's not. If imagine if they had nothing on Melfi. it'd just be like, okay, well, I guess I'm your therapist with hot legs, and I just sit here and blah blah blah. But well, no, she's got her whole internal I think, discussion and and demons yeah. to deal with, and it has a lot to do with being Italian American. It has a lot to do with being sort of upstanding versus you right. know lower class, right. Um, I love the Melfi development. I think I think uh, to, I think my
3: problem with it is that it's not so much that they're delving into Melfi. It's that they write Melfi and everyone that everyone from her life, they write them as if they're uh talking in grad graduate level lectures all the time. Like they only converse yeah. with each other in like uh grad school lecture and it's fucking insufferable number one. I would but she gets one. tired of
4: that too though. Like yeah. I love how she also I just don't gets buy it. she's yeah, no, but the I think therapists, my, my dad's a psychoanalyst. Yeah. Uh, my stepdad is. And. I know a decent amount about psychoanalysis. I love shows like In Therapy. Right. I like. I live for that shit. Right. Um, I pro- love bl- Breakthrough. Any therapy show, I'm there for.
2: The problem is, is that Vince uh, has not gotten over the fact that this is the entire conceit of the show, and that <laughs> psychotherapy enters into it uh, so ma- in a major way. So, but is so- psychotherapy always this reductive? Where you're like. See, yeah. the
3: gabagool triggers the... Str- the, the <laughs> well, yeah. Triggers <laughs> they're, the they're passing doing, out. And, oh, get it?
2: The dog is Tony. Could they got both broad
5: shoulders?
4: It sounds like and the you need a behavioral dog. specialist, first of, Yeah, Vince. first of all, you
2: need to go to a behavioral specialist so that, you, you know, whenever you have these feelings, you can deal with them in a constructive way and yeah. allow everyone to enjoy the show. But... Um, no, but yeah, they're the bro-
3: doing with psychotherapy the exact thing that we don't do with this show is like talk about right. like the symbolism of what the dog means. I agree like,
2: completely. I think
4: psychoanalysts are that obnoxious, though. Oof. I think they but- probably are. Annoy- I mean, look, look, I don't want to talk to them about psychoanalysis. <laughs> yeah. I just want to be psychoanalyst. But-
2: But it is true. The scene where uh, Elliot and Melfi talk uh, about uh, the dream sequence that we just watched and analyze it is is definitely particularly hard to watch. Uh, actually, I have Peter, a clip of Peter it. Peter
3: Bogdanovich's face almost saves it for me because it's so funny just uh, in, in and of itself. But uh, yeah, yeah, the dialogue is...
0: For the first time since it happened.
5: Empowered. The vending machine?
0: My guilt for putting myself in harm's way. The dog, though. Mm. I don't know.
5: The forbidden part of your psyche, murderous rage.
0: Yeah, but at first, I thought he was after me. The
5: door said danger.
0: Actually, no. It said high voltage. Call NJGE before digging, Jersey gas and electric oh my god the dog what a rottweiler elliot big head massive shoulders direct descendant of the dog used by the roman armies to guard their camp
3: i mean this is as bad as like jan <laughs> this is as bad as janice and like one of her uh, yoga friends like talking about astrology like it's the
2: exact same <laughs> thing in a way it is. That specifically here's the thing. I I It ha- didn't
4: need to go on. You could have cut it at like you know the the dog I don't know yeah yeah I, I mean it's I great think it was when good. it's
3: like comic relief like when they used uh, like a few a few episodes back when they had Melfi's son and he's just like the worst most obnoxious person oh uh, yeah it's hilarious but like w- this episode has like these extended forays into dr Melfi's psyche and it's all very much like psychotherapy 101
2: I'll I'll say this I've had a I've had many dreams in my life I, the, the amount of detail that she remembered from that dream the the idea that she be able to correct what the sign said in the dream and then high voltage and then call you know uh new jersey gas and electric and then also the fact that she thinks her mind her subconscious mind is so smart that all in her dream of course a rottweiler represents the the roman protectors of whatever the it's like jesus christ you really think you're you're subconscious it's, it's just he tony looks like a dog
4: Tony also. It kind of so just looks there. like a dog. Like, yeah. like the fact you know, that you know what she real, read into it. But this is
2: after everything. She mansplained her own dream. This is you
4: after know? everything. The, the, the storyline of yes. if you care about Psycho and if you care about the storyline, the storyline is every single man in her life is telling her yes. to give up Tony Soprano who they don't know is Tony Soprano her ex-husband does to give him up as a patient that he is beyond help and that he needs to be referred to a behavioral specialist because psychoanalysis isn't working because he's not smart enough and he doesn't un- he's not <laughs> willing enough to yeah. actually talk about his feelings because he's manipulative and, and she's and she's starting to understand he's manipulative and she's starting to understand that and it, her the first session the, the episode starts off with a session with Tony and Tony's being completely un- an unwilling participant a super Vince Mancini, you know, in the uh-huh, chair, just uh-huh. like, why are we here? <laughs> yeah. You know, and he, this she, place she, a
2: fucking jerkle.
4: <laughs> and she's oh, like, I'm a over here. <laughs> but it, but, but then she starts to talk about, you know, because all psychoanalysts, like you guys know, then, and this is obnoxious though, they have their own psychoanalyst, yeah, yeah, and yeah. every relationship with your psychoanalyst is a sort of a symbol of your relationship with your father, right? Your yeah. mother, yeah, Freud or whatever, stuff. Freud shit, right? Um, so it is interesting that she's like, I've been l- kind of what in the beginning, what does she say that everyone's always been, I've been looking for this father figure for so long. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: and then that, as soon as she has it, a, uh, she pushes him away. Yeah, and she's talking just, about Richard. In but that it's particular just such a, it's
3: such a reductive uh, dream. Like all the dream. like when the dreams are so on the note. All right. So here's one of my, I never remember my dreams I remember this one because I texted my friend (laughs) Brett about it. So here's what a real dream sounds like. And if you want to do some psychoanalysis on this, go for it. Okay, let's do it. Uh, I I sent my friend Brett a text. Brett, I dreamt that there was an Arby sandwich that you kept trying to call a Broby, but it was actually called a Brambo. I said, Brett, quit trying to make Broby happen just before I woke up.
2: That's I mean, dude. that says a lot about you, dude.
3: First of all, yeah, uh, I think we're at a live taping of Howard Stern for some reason, too. So, mm. yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think it's clear you're gay.
4: <laughs> Number one. Uh,
2: that's clear.
4: <laughs> Number two, uh, you your need to correct yes, somebody. Like, yeah. why not just go with you're, you're correcting him? Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. And of course, it's like an RB's like sub sandwich. That's phallic. So what if it gay? really was
3: called a Brambo, <laughs> though? And he's 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 over here trying to call it a Broby like an idiot. Yeah. What the but sandwich you, is called, dude.
2: Yeah, exactly. But you have a thing where you like it's about control. It's about and not control being able to let and that go and not letting go of the fact you're gay.
3: <laughs> what about you know how they say Arby's is uh, they have the meats? Does that does that yeah? Was, in but there?
2: Even more so, you want the meats because. <laughs> uh, so, I, uh, I think we're done here. That was good. that, yeah, was, okay. good. that, that was an episode. I think we we no. come to a breakthrough. Okay, but. Uh, so let's just get back to this. What this episode is about? Because I completely disagree with you, Vince. To me, this is one of the um, one of the best episodes of The Sopranos ever, um, easily, He's the, easily. Get He's the self hating Italian. No, 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 no. Listen, Richard the reason she should have dumped and, Richard the first hey, time because this guy sucks. First of all, Richard sucks. We all agree with that. But what I love about this episode is number one, it is uh, a standalone episode of The Sopranos. This episode could exist in any season of The Sopranos. This episode could exist False. as a one-hour short film. it has Janice film. in the leg. You can't. It's like a all the well, good storylines are Well, I'm talking about the storyline, Vince. Vince, the storyline mm. in general. Listen, it's an hour long. they can't they got to move this story forward in some places but in terms of the relationship between Melfi and Tony it cements it as like uh, uh, it gives it as what we a- always thought it was no right but the difference is is that there is a, a more and I don't want to call it like emotional um extortion or like you know uh, she's not an emotional hostage per se but
3: She already had Uh, the other damn dream where he gets in a car
2: accident and she abandoned him. Like we did this whole thing before. Vince, uh, shot of your mom. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, uh, To me, it is what I, I think is what real is really good about this episode is you are getting, despite what Vince is saying more insight into the character of Dr. Melfi and uh, the people who surround her and into like what motivates her and, and, uh, and what she does in certain situations in terms of like pushing away protective men and blah blah blah. She gets to a point where she actually is going to get rid of Tony as a patient mm-hmm. and then this horrible thing happens to her where uh, a man sexually assaults her. Yeah, it feels like a- the writer is trying to punish her for that or something. It's weird. I mean, I wouldn't even call it that. I would just Call it like if you just take it, just take it as a show. It's a show where don't think yeah. about the writers. Think you should, it, this it's is something show. that I'm happens. thinking about how
3: how they're covering characters, uh, like they're covering a dynamic that I think has already been well covered and so i'm not like interested in it and then they're okay, and then they're and then they're
4: like spinning <laughs> out to this side this is like car- one of the best this is the best part of the show no, this, is they're spinning out a side characters this is what makes it a drama this is what makes it not care a mafia see, show see this, is, this the, is the difference between goodfellas and sopranos this is what's the difference it's i mean so good goodfellas is
3: better though right
2: Goodfellas is not better than the Sopranos? I mean it's you not f- a sh- serialized television but uh it, yeah know. it's first of all Goodfellas overrated. Anyway, but, but also let me just continue. Uh what I enjoy about this episode, Vince, you're entitled to your your bad uh canceled opinion. I I cancel thee. Um and which just means I, I muted his Do you name. like this I mean in comparison with you like did the it, last though. episode. You think this you think this this
3: I, episode holds up to the this- last
2: two? Yes, it does. And let me tell you why. This episode, and you can call me, uh, you know, uh, maybe I'm an easy audience. I'm definitely a shill. But this episode had an acting performance that made me cry. And that's hard to do with a TV show. Like, like the like, uh, Melfi's entire storyline in which she is dealing with not only getting raped, but then, you know, not getting justice. And then struggling with the fact that, like, she is has the ability to get revenge. She could do it Absolutely. if she wanted to. And then being drawn to that moment where Tony is like, is there anything you want to tell me? And just that no at the end fucking goosebumps oh, every God, time. God, that bro. is like
3: that is, you must love the the ending of the Sopranos. It does the same thing as the finale episode where it's like it sets you up to want a certain thing out of the show and then it oh, like that's... and then it performatively doesn't give it to you and it's like see, no, that's bullshit. see how smart this show is and it's like
4: no but that's like, not Vince, why But like do show what Vince, do you that's... consider good TV then what is I your consider good you TV see how, like, like, it was like brilliantly done and executed lame like what? no, it that's wasn't that's brilliantly TV done is. and executed
3: I didn't believe no, that that's... entire storyline that's why I don't the... like it. So it it gave me a storyline that's not very believable so that it could perform what? deny us the catharsis that it leads us to expect. What's, the, like, no, what's but not
4: believable? What's not the believable? The rape? Well, most yeah. rapes happen by someone you know for sure. Okay,
3: so then there's like a then there's like a a a a the cops did something with the evidence where that guy that happens free. rape rape, rape kids time. are
4: lost all, they, all, the they, all the time and then rape, rape they kids get this lost. This guy's
3: identity and no one seeks retribution on the guy. Come the fuck. Well, on. right,
2: but that is also a particular choice that she makes, and yes, what's interesting a, about that it's it's is a particular that particular
3: choice of the story. That the show makes no, but what's sure. no? no but well,
4: the
2: characters—they're
3: trying to make Melfi's milieu so much different from Tony's, and I don't buy it. Like, I don't buy okay. it. Okay, I that understand
2: much that you have a bad opinion, but what I'm saying is, don't talk. Sh- shut up. Uh you're you're talking without my consent, and <laughs> what I'm saying <laughs> is that like the the struggle that she goes through, which is a struggle that uh, I think a lot of women who have been in similar positions go through, where there are plenty of men around who are ready to take vengeance uh, on their behalf, and they have to struggle with the fact that like people uh, want to do this thing, and they could if they wanted to say, "All right, go fuck him up, go go kill him, or go I don't know, whatever, trash his business, any of those things," and instead they they put it in the world of the Sopranos, and they go like, "Yo, straight up, you could have this guy killed." And that's a position that she's put in, and everyone around her, everyone around her is trying to be the savior. Is right? Try, you her know, son, her son the, her Richard, ex-husband. yeah, uh, Elliot, and and she is you know, she's put and, in the and position. They, and they all and say that it. in a
4: way, they all say that in a way that is incredibly patronizing and also coddling, which is like, I'll be your savior. But I can't really, because like, then I would go to jail. That's what her ex says. So, you know, I wouldn't do that. But I would yeah. if, but I totally would. And she knows he's full of shit. And mm. then obviously the son is like, what's he going to do? He's like, I'm going to kill I'm going to find him. I'm going to kill yeah, him. Yeah, but he's not going to do anything. Gonna cause, ma- cause, she's not going to make, not going to tell him. Well,
2: also, because he's a bitch.
4: So then it's like, but she actually has the ticket that, that, that all of the men in her life told her was totally ridiculous to keep on giving psychotherapy to a fucking mobster. Yeah. And yet, this is the moment where she
2: chooses not to cash it in, which I think is a choice that a lot of people do make. And but I, she
4: holds the upper hand even over all the men in her life, even yeah. over the rapist who was like, "I will, you know, they'll hunt your whole family down." Yeah. Um, and, and I'll choose not to go with it. I'll choose not to do it. Yeah, I, I think, think it's, it's
3: it's they they set up the false dichotomy of like, oh, either you seek vengeance or you don't. And I think most of the Sopranos. Uh, you know, they set up two expected outcomes, and then they find a third. Um, I feel like this one just goes with like the other option. Like they're like, "Oh no, we're gonna choose the non-cathartic option because we're gonna try to be different." But it's like it's not. They're just. I think it's uh, it perfectly feels like, realistic. It feels like though, they're right? just trying to do uh, the opposite of what uh, you know what mm-hmm. what they think that a lesser show would do, which is fine. But then they're still defining themselves. Uh, based on based on that, you're based still making on, an like, argument for why the show is show. good.
4: No, I'm telling you. No, you're no, still making. You're, you're. This no, is a very roundabout like, way of saying the show is good. It's like a. It's like this a. Hum- it's like the kind of you're nagging that- the show.
3: No, yeah, not, you're
4: you're just nagging it.
3: You're trying to fuck the show, dude. <laughs> no, this is like an NPR storyline where it's like, well, we're not going to do what an entertaining show would do. We're going to do something exactly the opposite. Listen, like, well, well, why do you find this is super, why don't you find your own way? How much
4: more entertaining is it to have this woman who could clearly seek revenge on her rapist and knows where he lives to say no? It that wasn't is entertaining
2: to me. Way it was more like, entertaining. It was me waiting for the Far obvious more thing entertaining. to happen. It was, it was very powerful and Vince, um, I can thee. but let's move on. Can uh, we
4: talk about the rape? Oh, what about it? Can we just talk about, I think we need okay. to talk about the scene. No, it's true.
2: You're on, you, you, that's true. That's why I you brought, brought you You brought me on, on to talk about on. rape.
4: I no, but I think it was, you know, look, there's been a lot of rape scenes in cinema and movies and they're always like, sort of like grossly sexual and like, and like, mm. uh, uh. A little hot like there's always something like oh yeah <laughs> this is like a little hot like this is clearly cinema rape um mm. and they're like they go down in history yeah. right there there's and this one is not
2: it's very not it hot. was
4: violent it was uh abrupt obviously it didn't it, it goes on for a long time but not for like an egregiously disgusting it feels you know, uh, it, it feels uh, like a lot of time yeah but and it's like Uh, I thought it was well done. I thought it was like a tastefully violent and accurate rape scene. Yeah. I mean,
2: I agree. It was, it was done in a way it's as tasteful as you can do Scene about sexual assault. Um, And
4: well, it wasn't trying to, it didn't fetishize it or make it It like,
2: it made it very, very real. And, and it's one of the most, it's the most uncomfortable I'm uncomfortable talking about. It's, it's a very uncomfortable. uh, And he
4: wasn't also, he wasn't, too evil he wasn't like well it was you tell evil. anyone and i'll kill your like he didn't i think it, he w- says
2: doesn't he say something like that i think so well he's evil but he's mostly just but, but he they wasn't brought, like superhuman
4: evil he's right. just a he's just I, a fuck a fucking rapist asshole. i agree
3: with that and i liked all those things but i also feel like they brought back this richard guy who i don't care about and they made yes they made this entire rape like about richard's feelings about italianness and like who fucking <laughs> yeah. cares like
2: the, the the truth of it is is you're completely correct about the fact that like the some of the discourse that happens between melfi and the other men in her life uh like elliot and um richard. and richard uh is just is really hard to watch yes. like Richard, like, bringing up the fact that, like, he had an Italian last name and them get, getting uh, into a fight over guess, whether he's Puerto Rican. I guess my point is that Richard is the problem with this episode. It is Richard. I would blame Richard, too. Um, But uh,
4: also... But that's just a, t- a ploy to compare Richard and Tony that I'm supposed to not believe <laughs> is working. But I think it does work. I think stacking Richard up against Tony is great. I do think that's And I also too. think the b- the broader themes around w- like Italian-Americans and like mm-hmm. passing judgment on like the mob and then the-, the stereotypes of Italians and blah, 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 blah. And like People are going to think
3: I'm a thug just because my name ends with a vowel. Yeah,
2: that, that, that to <laughs> me... <laughs> Like, thing
3: I never like, learned to read. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah I mean, I, I'll say that everything that Richard says and does in the episode makes you want to fucking die. Um <laughs> yeah. and, and Elliot, that's the case too, but Elliot, like Peter Bogdanovich uh plays that character in a way that's so uh perfect and obnoxious he has a funny
3: face and i
2: like he that has a him. funny face that like <laughs> he had a funny he's face. just it, like uh even though like the moments that they have that are earnest between melfi and elliot can like you know you know just be incredibly annoying um i just i do think that he has these moments that are perfect in fact i have a clip of my favorite elliot moment ever
0: because the justice system is fucked up elliot Richard's got his attorney looking into this at three hundred dollars an hour, but meanwhile, that employee of the month cocksucker is back on the street. And who's gonna stop him? You,
5: Jennifer. Civilization. Oh, don't worry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love how this thing is like, so like who's gonna stop him? You and he's like bro i totally i would yeah like i would in a second bro but like civilization yeah will crumble if like people just start doing batman (laughs) shit like like i love that for him he always brings it back to like law and order was established the magna carta
4: (laughs) (laughs) in medieval times
2: they had trial by combat
4: Uh, (laughs) yeah so good yeah it's
2: just like that it's such an elliot response to it that it's like it uh it's just that's so what good. i mean i my, feel like the melfi elliot dichotomy is perfect
3: and it kind of accomplishes all the things that they're trying to accomplish with the elliot richard dynamic without Yeah, Richard want to into a hole and die but,
4: but doesn't isn't this episode supposed to also close the door on richard do you know what i mean she's uh, let him back I into her so. life and I, I believe this is the episode where it's like Yo, homie, you tried, and he did try, but then he kind of messed he <laughs> yeah. he definitely fucked up. I forget what yeah.
2: happens uh at after this point. Oh, but and he I, says I, he could kill him with these hands and he cl- they do a close-up on his little ball. Yeah, bald- the up close-up. Fists. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Anyways, Richard is the worst, but to me, I uh I love um Lorraine Bracco's performance. It's like the first episode of The Sopranos in which I feel like lorraine Bracco, uh really puts on like an acting clinic where i'm like holy shit she is good because she yeah. you know for the most part lorraine yeah. brocco has always kind of played a similar type of character you know I, it, obviously it's like her and goodfellas and her and this are completely different you know characters but it not i don't know there's not uh there wasn't the same spark that you saw with Lorraine Bracco in Goodfellas. She's
4: all over the place, not all well, over the place in a good way. She does everything in this episode. In, in
3: Goodfellas she's turned up to 11 the entire time, like she, she is, she's is ma- like she's just like a, a like a hardcore singer, like she's yelling the entire time she's amazing. Yeah, she's doing at it. a lot
2: of yelling, a lot of crying, a lot of uh, uh, yeah. Um whereas like she has pretty much just played you know, even killed Melfi, and like mm. occasionally she'll break out of the shell a little bit, get drunk, and you know have yeah. like those moments. But this is this is an episode where they really explore like the emotional dynamics of a character. Yeah. And like, I'm not obviously, you know, I I don't know that much about art, <laughs> uh, and, and and especially acting art, but like I do think <laughs> that she is. Incredible in this, yeah. in a way that uh I think uh you know deserves some respect. Sure, can I
3: talk about the the most positive development of the show, in my opinion, on uh, in this episode? Which yes, is, please. Which is uh, which is Furio's uh, Furio's coming out as like the sensitive member of the crew.
2: Yes, yes, please. Because you know, they're please.
3: they're they're in the room, and they're the other thing that happened in this episode is that Johnny Sack has moved. To New Jersey, and Johnny mm-hmm. Sack uh, has the uh, large wife that they do uh, a lot of mama jokes, the the, the your mama so fat jokes on. Um, and then, and then in the midst of that, Furio's like, "I like a woman with a something to hold on to." Uh, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> then, and if we could go to favorite scene, my favorite scene is is when Ralphie is yeah. uh, telling a Pope joke, uh, and then and then there's Furio's reaction to it, which is my favorite moment of the episode.
0: Maron, look at this pair. How many nabladons does it take to screw in a light bulb? There's only candles in Naples right now. The cardinal of the church controls that racket. <laughs> That's a good one. You like it, you can have it. Use it on your paisans. We don't have a dose bulb joke. They
4: don't translate.
2: Huh. <laughs> we don't have a dose bulb joke. <laughs> yeah yeah people uh would uh get very offended <laughs> you don't want to offend the people we don't make a joke about the pope we never make a joke about a pope uh! <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it, it like furio uh definitely starts kind of um being more than just like the badass enforcer mm-hmm. uh as the season runs along and this is definitely just like a taste of it um, yeah. I I love it. Uh, I, I wish
4: Meadow had been in the room for the Yo Mama jokes. They're just having their little like cipher, like they just saw the Fresh Prince of Bel Air yeah. or whatever. Yeah,
2: she would totally just like accuse them of cultural appropriation.
4: This is the most 90s part of the show. This mm-hmm. episode is this yo mama cypher, which well, is yeah, like, they are doing, they just, yeah, they're, ju- they're just, they're just reading out about it. They're reading they needed, from their
2: dad's old
3: snaps book. They needed Fez there to, uh, MC the snaps contest. Like he did. In that, yeah. That, that, that MTV show,
2: that show that, uh, lasted too long. Um, <laughs> yeah. So let's, let's move on to, uh, the final, uh, storyline of the episode. And that is the third act of Janice stealing the leg. Oh, and, for Janice. And so J- Janice has uh, I think maybe three scenes and in this entire episode, and each scene is just the best. <laughs> I fucking love yeah. her so much. She so best we part start of the out show by far. She oh, by far. I mean, you know, in a way. Uh <laughs> we start we start out with um Janice. Back at home in her mother's, you know, old home, uh doing what she does best, which is search for buried treasure <laughs> <laughs> uh with a um uh with a metal detector. And I actually I have a clip from that. <laughs>
0: I was downstairs cleaning up.
5: Why'd you change the locks?
0: <sighs> the minute that Ukrainian die job was out the door. Don't mess with the Russians, Janice. That's all I'm gonna say. She can have her leg back when she returns Ma's record collection. And don't say you wouldn't have done the same thing.
5: Don't fuck with me on this, Janice. Get back the leg.
0: Tony, those records, are yours too. It's sad that you don't care. Those old albums, they're a window into Ma's soul. <laughs> <laughs> In fact... I'm making a documentary. <laughs> the World War II generation and their music exemplified by Ma.
5: What the fuck are you kidding? You're going to sell them on the internet.
0: <laughs> I have work to do. Yeah, right. Cleaning up the cellar.
5: Good luck finding the lost Dutchman's gold mine, Janice. You make more money working a real job.
0: Right. Like the minute I'm out of here, you're not going to have contractors downstairs tearing apart the walls.
5: Oh, Janice.
2: <laughs> <It's> so good. <laughs> like she's so she's so earnest about that. She's just like, cut the crap, Tony. You and I both look for buried treasure in this house. You know it, and I know it. And it's like, whoa. Like Tony's like earnestly going, oh, Janice. Like, yeah.
4: Oh, Janice is great. Like
2: the, the fact, like he is. He's like, you are just trapped in this delusion. It is so funny, and the fact that also. I'm I'm making a documentary, uh, like <laughs> about the World War II generation and their music. It just, it's just, I I just have known, like I I know I say this a lot, but I've known so many Janices in yeah. my life who I'm like. like
3: Janice is the repository for like every writer's uh, obnoxious person that they met in liberal arts college.
2: Yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. yes. The one who telegraphs their plans to do great things, but first they need a thousand dollars from you. <laughs>
0: like, <laughs> like, yeah,
2: you know what I mean. Like, like there's like there's a clear grift going on, but there's also like an earn. Like she. I've said Ernest a lot. I feel like in this episode. Uh like she does want to do things, you know, like like I'm sure that, you know, in her mind, she's like someday I am going to make a documentary. But uh, but like but she's not. Going to because first things first, she needs to sell the musical theater records, uh, you know, and to get the money to make the documentary. She's
4: so hopelessly manipulative, yeah, and, and cheap. You know yeah. what I mean? Just being that cheap and that lazy, but having a whole like story, just like a monument of lies dedicated to like shielding yourself from real work yes. is amazing like yeah, that yeah. hats off you yeah know, like? yeah
2: no she's built like a, a really amazing house of cards that's yeah, I, mean,
3: but, <laughs> but, I mean but there's also some irony to tony saying like you know it'd be less work for you to just get a real job and then
2: it's like right you know you're in the mafia right yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um so then we move on with the Janice storyline to a point where Janice actually does have uh her comeuppance visited upon her um by someone who I would describe as the most empathetic Russian hitman. <laughs> like like he this is a character yeah, I don't think you ever see him again, but every line that he says in this scene is just fantastic.
0: Shut up. Excuse me. Wait a me. You let go of me! Let the fuck go of me! We don't want continuation. You give us leg and we go. What leg? Don't do this to me. Don't push me to edge. Repent on yourself. Motherfucker, do you know who I am? Do you know who my brother is? Mother what? What did you say? Motherfucker! Ah! <laughs> are you people really so callous? Fuck
5: you. You are callous.
2: Because <laughs> he's, because he's right. Yeah, <laughs> he's not lying. Like, like he comes in there. His first line is "Excuse me," uh, <laughs> and, and then <laughs> and and please, uh, and then tells her to repent on herself. Um, and all he wants is a leg back. I mean, this is all reasonable stuff. A- aside from like punching her in the face, I feel like he's. He's the most righteous character. Which in that she's scene. had
4: coming for a while. Oh, he needed of the a good punch. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the
3: whole the whole job of the mafia uh, leg breaker guy is to make the person getting their legs broken feel like they brought it on themselves. And in this case, true, she really did bring this on herself.
2: She totally did. <laughs> all and she, she had to do her... was
3: not steal a one legged woman's prosthetic, and, and it's uh, actually super
2: good. easy not to do that. And <laughs> and and it's it's all it's even easier. To, once you have done that, be like, oh, man, this is mean. I, I shouldn't do this. And the fact that she's, like, t- talking about her records, like, the, those records mean the world to me. How can you be so callous? And he's just so perfectly like, fuck you. You are callous. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, that is uh, it's true. She is yeah. way more callous. Got a point uh, there, buddy. So uh, then the third and final act of the uh, Janice steals a leg and gets her come up in uh, storyline is her in the hospital um, and being able to spin this moment into something meaningful, which uh, (laughs) which only like a master manipulator, especially one who master masterfully manipulates themselves could do. Um, and so, yeah, I have a clip from that as well. And setting up like one of the future best storylines ever in yes. The Sopranos. Yes.
0: I told you not to mess with those people. I was supposed to be married at this point in my life. <laughs> yeah, so? The man I love died. <laughs> I stole a woman's prosthetic leg, Tony. When did I get like this? You really want to know? When did you die? <laughs> to that time, I was functioning at a very high level. <laughs> I think there's only one trajectory for me. Really? God? I've hit bottom, Tony. But it's odd. Because I feel born again in the Lord. Can you take me
5: higher? You can go now. Billy needs to see you. Follow the blue line.
2: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, got a little edit in there, yeah, yeah, it sets up uh you know, Janice finding God and uh and how she immediately uh turns that into a grip, oh, that's
4: right, yeah, yeah, oh God, yeah, it keeps going. she's got to be the victim of her own story always, yes. so mm-hmm. there's i mean it, she's already the victim, yeah she's she she like- has to lay her on a I didn't have it coming to me.
2: Yeah, it's weird that someone with a victim com- I, you see this a lot where people will have a victim complex, um, but they'll all, their victimhood stories are all made up. But they are victims of other things, and you're like, why? Why don't you just you can just say the real shit, and no one is yeah. going to judge you you can have like you can just say
4: i shouldn't have stolen her leg that was dumb yeah or you were right
2: or like i was in abusive relationships (laughs) you know i i my my son won't talk to me like there's so much actual victimhood going on but the, the victimhood complex that she has she invents different reasons why being caught in her grift and called out that it's like no 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 you don't understand it's not a grift i'm a victim of this other shit that i just made up it's like this weird defense mechanism you know yeah no she had like she uses the symptoms
3: to avoid uh, acknowledging the disease
2: speaking of which she also in the hospital uh the first thing she says to tony is i broke my wrist and 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 three ribs she's lying about the ribs i guarantee <laughs> like right. I, I like they, they never get into that but i guarantee she's lying about the ribs and also the amount of pain that she's in yeah like when she's just like Oh, this is the bottom and the doctor just comes in like alright we need to see you in billing like yeah. there's no way she's actually that hurt I've torn the
3: cartilage between my ribs not even broken them and like when that happens like you can barely talk because like any, yeah. anytime you breathe in or out it hurts intensely and uh, yeah that if you've that broken to two too. ribs you're gonna be like oh, you ain't talking like this the whole time yeah
2: yeah, yeah. Um,
4: Janice invoking Richie <laughs> yeah. at any point just at any point died when yeah. he died, you know, <laughs> I was functioning at a high level. Just <laughs> just whipping that out. Because now she's, you know, effectively a widower. She's probably going to keep using that forever yes. and ever and ever. Yeah. To and, her,
2: she's a widower, even though she murdered him. And to
4: the one person who knows what she did. Right. <laughs> and, who, and who bailed her out of that situation. It's it's like
2: one of those things where she... she she keeps up the the kind of like the delusion that she lives under even in front of people who like know she's lying it's it's an it's incredible it's just an incredibly written character and uh, ada tutoro mwah, brilliant yes, so good chef's kiss all um, right before
3: we get out of here we got some uh, emails from the listeners uh oh yeah. i love email time yeah uh I think it's way funnier for them to have gone. This is about the last episode uh, mm-hmm. at, with uh, Chrissy's. Chrissy's got made after party. Um, yeah, I think it's way funny for way funnier for them to have gone from an old basement to a rented banquet hall. I think that their after party with strippers and cold cuts is just Vesuvio, based on the strip mall Italian restaurant artwork on the wall. Mm. Oh, and the bar looks familiar too. Also, Vince, stop hating on dream sequences. They're the best. I mean, Annette fucking Benning.
2: Yeah, he's right. Stop Uh, hating on them. They're great. Everything they do is great.
4: More to come. Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, Another email. So,
3: a friend of mine also has his wedding plans fucked up and is having a family ceremony with a Zoom hangout Wednesday night for friends. As part of this, we have scrounged Cameo to get the best messages the $300 can buy. The best one was Joseph Ganiscoli, aka Vito doing a three-minute rant outside his cigar bar, which includes multiple gay jokes and then references to fucking on the wedding night. Enjoy the gif.
2: <laughs> oh, my God. And it's just, uh, yeah, it's he just did. Vito gesture, making a fuck gesture with his cigar. Bro, like, I mean, I know you paid a lot for it. I'm sure there's certain rules and laws that Cameo has, but if you could send us the audio of that, <laughs> we would very much so appreciate You know what, Vince? That's something we have to do. Oh, we have yeah. to start paying... Uh, going to Cameo and paying like uh former Sopranos cast members to uh to promo the show, you know? Yeah.
4: Yeah. Unless like they it. have their own podcast.
2: They probably that's a the problem. They all have their own podcast. I just you're right. That's
4: but this is the only Sopranos podcast. I so.
2: know. That's but in- We're gonna have yes. to get a sit down between us and
3: Cameo and the other yeah. Sopranos podcast to-, to decide how much of a cut that they
2: get for ex cast members. Jesus, uh, we're gonna get whacked. For- <laughs> <laughs> we'd yeah. be the first people to get whacked in the podcast business i uh, can't um, wait can't wait dude uh well yeah anyways all all in all uh fantastic episode the only malappropriate uh, uh that i found was uh they said hair apparent again yeah um yeah so i loved it vince you loved it solid <laughs> b plus solid b plus um yeah, uh, Francesca, thank you so much for coming on to this episode. No
4: problem. I t- took it very seriously. Yes. You can tell. I'm with, that's what we needed. Feel passionate. Thanks you for do. having me.
2: Yeah. Where can people find you on the internet? Oh,
4: follow me at Franny Fio on Twitter, Instagram. Listen to the Bituation Room podcast.
2: Hell yeah. Do it. Um broadcast at gmail.com for all your questions comments concerns anything you want to talk about with sopranos or whatever if you just want to say hi patreon.com slash broadcast that has bonus episodes of a different podcast that we do in which we talk about movies and stuff but also hey if you listen to Pod yourself a gun and you're like i love this and it's free I i should give them some money you know what donate to our patreon we'll take it and then guess what you can listen to other episodes of things where we talk about other things so patreon.com/broadcast uh, Vince what's the google voice number 415004 sorry 4152750030 Yes, yes. And uh, just real quick, uh, first, you can get merch now at uh, teespring.com slash store slash frotcast. And that's F-R-O-T-C-A-S-T. There's Pot Yourself a Gun shirts and also frotcast shirts. And also today I would like to give a special shout out and introduce uh, our new producer for for the show, uh, Brent Flyberg. How are you doing? Well, I said, how are you doing, Brent? But his mic is currently, I mean, he could unmute and say, what's up? Hey, what's up? There he is. Hey, thank you, Brent. So, Brent. Thanks for having me. uh, Thanks for for producing our our pod. We love you and uh, love you everywhere out there. Everyone out there. I love you all.
5: And until next time, don't stop. Don't stop.